Hello, welcome to episode 111 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. It's always a weird sort of pregnant pause between the episode number and the podcast title. No, but thanks for pointing that out. But <laughs> when is the pregnant pause? <laughs> when you go from, okay, here we go to when it sounds different when after you know you and I are just yes. jabbing on and yes. then we're actually live well we're not live well I guess we're just recording it's not live <laughs> live from you know live. what is funny to me and I've said this before but it's like this whole system on Skype where you press record and so then it says at the top start recording but then you're like, has it started recording? Is it still starting recording? Are you recording yet? Or are you still just getting started? Like it's this whole thing. And then everything goes black and then the camera <laughs> comes back up again, but then it still only says start recording. And so then I'm still a little unclear as to whether or not we're recording, <laughs> but we are. All that, you, all that to be said, here we are. All of that to be said. And are we ever going to not talk about that when we start recording probably not i think because it it's from it's a it's moderately traumatic for me so i have to bring it up all the time yeah but i do like saying what's the worst thing that could happen the worst thing that could happen is that you start talking too soon and then we just have to do it over again i guess yeah well no you just you just cut and chop on your end that is true can you add things in? I mean, I could, but I'd rather not have to if I don't have to. <laughs> they don't pay me enough for this, Sandy. Because <laughs> maybe I just need to start saying, like, live from my South American estate. Oh, I kind of like that. <laughs> Where I'm sitting in the dark with total grayness. <laughs> on this fine fall afternoon. I, I, think, I think that's a good start. Oh my goodness. I think pivot that. Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> I was just, just for all of our listeners out there, I was just telling Sandy all about the best thing that happened to me this past week. And that was watching the Friends reunion because of all of the television shows that have ever been on the air at any given moment in time, the one that I have watched the most and that I quote regularly and that I absolutely loved and continue to love was Friends. And so when there was a Friends reunion, I was so excited about it. And I even like watched, like I, I watched it in, in two different sections over the course of two different days. And I really like enjoyed it. And I mean, it was everything I needed it to be. I was, I was just, I was so, living the life. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you know, like you said, quote, you love it. Yes. What were the years that it was on? It was 10 years, right? No? It was, yeah, it was 10 years. I want to say off the top of my head, 94 to 2004. Yes, I was correct. 94 to 2004. Okay. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I know I watched, I, 
don't think I watched like you know it was something I watched every week I don't know maybe it was but I don't I don't remember it's a busy time in my life 94 through 2004 right with with young children yeah well and that makes a difference right if you've got like whatever you've got going on in life right yeah and I work shift work too so that also right but it's challenging when it comes to television watching <laughs> you know life gets in the way it's which is really... which is why you know I'll say haven't you seen this and you'd be like no and that's no. because you you the pandemic allowed you like we said last week to gain life yeah. <laughs> that's that's somewhat correct. like like important, to do important things like you know I'm gonna guess 95 plus percent of the population do is like watch tv <laughs> on a regular basis basis yeah. right right this is the first time this is the first time for me for sure <laughs> Because yeah. anything from the years, I mean, pretty much anything from like 2002 even until now, but like at least, until, at least until like 2015, I'm going to say like that whole chunk, I didn't see a thing. There was no, Penny, there was Penny, no television. I'm going to push that out until like 2020. 2020, fair, fair. That's, you're not wrong. <laughs> But you know what? Here's the thing about friends is that that most of the people in my life who are the most important to me and who I talk to the most aren't friends watchers or weren't. So like like you, I can't necessarily quote friends to you and you would know what I'm talking about. No. Tim's the same, doesn't really know. Mark's the same, doesn't really know. And so, but you know who is as much of a friends watcher as I am, who we can talk solely in friends speak, is my sister, Nat. Oh, really? Yes. She is, and so she's considerably, she's nine years younger than me. Yeah. But, so she wouldn't have watched Friends when it was on television, but she has seen every episode more than once as reruns. And so she and I can, she and I can go for quite a while just friendsing it up, which is very Mm. fun. Hmm. And you've also just watched the Mrs. Maisel. So excited for season four that they are currently recording or filming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, slowly making my way through some good television. You are. Handmaid's Tale? I think we, I asked you this, but you haven't. Yeah, I haven't. No, I only watched Have the you... first season. Oh. I watched the first season. Yeah, you got to get caught up in that, too. It's also yeah. exceptionally good television. Not television. I guess it is, but it's... Yeah. Do you know the thing is? Is that you'll never... The cable, like the, the big networks can't do TV anymore. Like you got HBO and Apple and Netflix producing their own stuff, and it is exceptional. Yeah. They'll never be able to go backwards again. Which also gives the actors a lot of freedom too, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not locked into. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on the other hand watching YouTube's of super super size versus super skinny. <laughs> I mean. If that's not quality TV, I don't know what it is. Honey, first of all, it's, it's a British show. Second, okay. they take 
there's 12 people and they come into the feeding clinic is what it, this it's a doctor he's a, he's an actual doctor yeah it's called the feeding clinic there are six supersized people and then six super skinny and okay. then they pair them up and they have to exchange like eat each other's diets, diets. right so earlier episodes they were there for like a week but now it's down to like two days but they but then it's good because they actually have conversations with each other some of them like the super skinnies there was a guy yesterday 25 tea a day he drinks on average with five lumps of sugar in each one and then he can get by with like a half a sandwich Oh wow! Like literally, the only calories he's in, he's taking in is the sugar in his tea. And this man is my my age. He's fifty six. Has always been like that. He said since he was young. But he's so thin. Wow. And then yeah, so there's an exchange. Anyways, it's super. It's interesting. But the other thing that's in this show is that they he often sends the super sized person to the U S. to a city which like McCallum, Texas um, was at one point like the the largest, like the fattest city in the USA. Right. Um, Vegas also. Mm. Vegas is like the number one for bariatric surgeries. Mm. They actually have a bariatric bus that goes around and it will adjust your, la- your band. So oh, wow. people may feel like, you know, they, they want, they want to increase their, what they're eating a little bit so they can just go through their belly button in, in like a, like a bus that's fully equipped with state of the art. But yesterday on the episode, there was some, and these episodes I think are old. Like, you know, they may be, they could even be up to 10 years old. Some of them. Right. Okay. There it was, and I, I need to look at it. I just wonder, have you ever heard of any type of uh, weight loss procedure where they have um, something that goes through your belly button that you you actually eat a full meal mm-hmm. and then 20 minutes after you've eaten you go into the bathroom and then you hook up a tube and before you've digested it you release half of that or whatever um, amount of food into the toilet and then it's like a plug. You have like a plug in your in your Buddha and you just like do it back up again and then that gets digested. I okay. never have heard of that. What is that? And this gentleman had lost half of his weight. He'd lost 110 pounds. Okay. Doing this. But he was it's not a permanent thing. This is you wean yourself off. So he um. has already now like breakfast and lunch, doesn't do it, and is weaning himself down to the dinner so that eventually this thing will come out. Oh, Something wow. like the doctor was like, I actually feel ill. It makes me feel sick. Cause it's almost bulimic. It's almost a like that's, that is sort of the I mean it's yeah. it's different in that the the, the way of eating and, and maybe the disordered eating or not is, is different, but it does sound like a very similar it procedure. Does. And so the, the, and this is an older man who, who was, had this, had this procedure. And he said, people have said that to him. It's like a medical, um, uh, medic, medical bulimic, you know, state that he's in. Yeah. But he said, he said the difference is, is that he, um, 
actually needs to start reducing his portion sizes. That right. the food he's eating is healthy food. Like so he's it, learned to make the and he has. He said the important thing is you have to chew the food because right. for it to go into the stomach and then it mixes with all your digestive juices and enzymes and all of that and then you release it because it's like it's like water that comes out. It's like <laughs> super. I could see how it'd be. I mean. You know, only in the U.S. really. You know, it'd be uh-huh. very controversial, I think. Yeah. But some of these states, like the number of surgeries being done, is incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. And then they had where they can go to check to make sure, like everything is okay, and that they haven't nothing's like shifted or isn't, um, you know, torn. They go through their nose with the mic with the camera i saw this woman have this thing through her nose into her stomach rather than it used to have to go down their throat right Nothing. i couldn't even watch it <laughs> no thank you <laughs> you want this is what i do this is this is what i do with my life with my free time <laughs> that is it does not sound like a particularly wonderful thing to be watching. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, interesting. But the joy about, like, it's on YouTube, and I can just sit here in this in this pink blanket, in this chair, and it's cold, and I'm just, like, wrapped up. And mm-hmm. I don't have like, to even touch up. the remote. I don't have to touch the remote because the next one just automatically comes on. Next episode in five seconds. So you don't even have to like pull your arm out of out from underneath the blanket. Nothing. Nothing. Don't have to do a damn thing, honey. It's beautiful. La Vida Loca in my South American estate. <laughs> that is a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> okay, honey. Yeah. So, you know, I saw that you put, you know, the the question out to to the people today. Yes. Um, which I can't wait to find out. Did you or did you not begin the process of an infused oil? Okay. So the short answer is no. Okay. The long answer is I'm working on it. Long so, slash excuse? No, I no. Don't. So this so uh, this is what has happened. So tell me. I fully intend on making myself a couple of different infused oils with all of the, the, the plethora of herbs that I've got growing in my living room. And so I did go so far as to Google a couple of different like infused oils or infused oil recipes slash directions for how to do things. And then had a text conversation with you about, okay, what does it look like? Do I chop these? Do I, how much do I need? Like, so to find the information out. So I know what I have to do. You're at the fact gathering stage. Right. And I'm past the fact gathering stage. I've completed all of my fact gathering. Okay. The problem is that I don't have anything into which I can put oil. And given the state of our current world, it's not so easy to just get something because what I would like to do is go to the dollar store and get some jars and then just do it. But, but you can't do that right now. 
Yes. So here's what I'm going to say. You know what immediately popped to my mind? It went pop. Because remember a long, long time ago when you were going to make mason jar salads? Yeah. I have. And you were I like. Sitting in my fridge. Yes. And you, you made, you, you knew, like you thought it through and we discussed how we think differently about things. So <laughs> you bought only four or something. Correct. Right? I bought four. You're right. <laughs> Even though it might have been like two or two and a half times the cost of buying a flat. Yes, you're right. Because you were like, what would I ever do with all of those other ones? Correct. Do you know now what you would have done with those okay, other ones? Okay, but he, so I did think about that. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I forgot. I forget a lot of things. I don't remember what I did an hour ago, but I remember that. So I didn't think about that, but oh, funny. these, the mason jars that I use for my salads, which are currently in use, by the yes. way, um, they're huge, but you don't have to fill them up. That's the thing, yeah. you could, right? But you don't, you're right. You do want to make sure you have glass because if you have plastic things leach, That's so you don't it. want that. I know I want yes. glass and I want like a proper seal to like, I want a lid that properly seals closed. So anyway, so that is truly the only reason that I haven't started the process yet because I simply don't have the jars, but I am hopeful that this week I will be able to get the jars and get started. Yeah. So the method is called the simpling method, which is why it's not so fancy. And if you go on to like, uh, for anyone who's thinking about doing it, um, the, t uh, Megan Telfer's, the today is the day, the blog, there will, there's, well, there will be a whole blog on just doing infused oils. Cause it's, it is super simple. I, and yesterday I took like my second one was prepared, but see, I, I made, well, the other day you were talking about the salad yeah. dressing that you made from scratch and it was a citrus dressing. And I was like, Delish. well, fancy that. I have kale that I have to prepare and I have an infused oil that is with orange peel and lemon peels. Uh, I think everything's coming together. I, <laughs> it sounds that way. And so I went and I ripped up my kale and then I got some of my oil and I was like, I, I massaged it and it turned such a brilliant green and it got so soft and it's like very sensual to do that. It's like, mm -hmm. it's very relaxing. It's a very relaxing thing. You're just going to like massage your kale. And then I made that dressing, which, okay. One other thing I honestly did not know that you can get white balsamic vinegar. Did you I have didn't. white? I did. I had to get it. Like I had to get white balsamic okay. vinegar. So I didn't, recipe. I didn't have that, but I didn't want to use the other one because then I knew it was going to make it really like a, it was going to look like mud it when I change the color. Yeah. Orange juice and then put that in it. It's going to look like mud. So mm -hmm. I use, I had a bit of, I used rice wine vinegar. Oh, okay. Which, which was fun. Anyways, it was delish. So thank you for that. You are so welcome. Yeah, it was very pleasant, very very pleasant. And then I had some uh, those little red things. Help me out. I we talked a few. Thank you. <laughs> First, she was like, "I wish that I so wish that you could have seen what just happened here." So first, Sandy's like 
holding her hand like as if it were a claw, like one of those to- like one of those machines <laughs> where the claw comes down to grab the stuffed animal, but it never actually grabs onto anything. Right. That's how she's holding her hand. And then she's like swill- like swishing her fingers around, like, what's that thing? And I'm like, octopus, pepper. <laughs> and then she's like that red thing. And I'm like, I, then, I don't get it. That did and it. Then, <laughs> and then she took her other hand. Then she used her two hands together to make like a softball size shape. And yes. then like turned her hands as if she were squeezing something or wringing something out. And then I knew she was meaning pomegranate. Yes. You knew. Thank you for getting in my head. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness, Sandy. Pomegranates on top of that, delish. Yeah, so good. The so contrast good. Well, between anytime... the massage kale and the redness of the pomegranate, beautiful. Well, and anytime you have like a citrus vinaigrette, it's nice yeah. to have a little like something fruity in the salad, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good call. <laughs> it was very good. Yep. Very delicious. Enjoyed it. Thank you. I mean, you're welcome. Just mm-hmm. spreading the spreading the wealth, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. So a couple of little things, Sandy. Number one, I just started reading a book today, and it's a book that has been on my radar for about a year now because I saw the author like do a talk some like about it. It was, it was in the spring last year. So it was about it just over a year ago. I saw the author speak and she's a local author. Like she's from Hamilton. I believe okay. like now that I've said that, I think that maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm 98% sure that this author is from Hamilton and the book is called um, it's called Disfigured on Fairy Tales, Disability, and Making Space. And so she is a woman who lives with a physical disability. And so she, in her book, she's talking about all different fairy tales, and and but looking at them from the lens of a person who operates through the world with a physical disability and and then also identifying how many characters in fairy tales themselves have disabilities of some sort and and so I'm not 100% sure where the book is going to go I I truly am like 10% in like I'm right at the very beginning but I'm I'm really interested I remember when she spoke that I was just interested in her story like her personal story but also this idea that she's tying like her musings on life and and the world that we live in but tying that into fairy tale which I just think is so fascinating Anyway, I wasn't expecting to talk about this book on on this podcast because I didn't really necessarily know it was going to have a tie-in. But when I was when I was reading this morning, I came across this one line, and and it's a question that she asks, and she so she says in the book, "Why in all of these stories about someone who wants to be something or someone else was it always the individual who needed to change?" and never the world. And I was like, and so she was talking about like all of these different characters, like the little mermaid who 
doesn't have legs or scar from the lion king whose name is the the mark on his face you know like all of these different characters who who don't who either have or like the hunchback of notre dame quasimodo you know so like all of these different characters who have something about them that makes them other and it's their either they're they're characterized as a villain yeah or it's their story to overcome whatever that is to change whatever it is to like and and i just i i really i really thought first how interesting that was that so many stories that we know have that trope like have that as its Mm -hmm. story but then it also got me thinking about all of these conversations that we've been having recently about uh, fat phobia, body positivity, choosing weight loss, feeling like you should be losing weight, like, and all of these pieces, you know, that, that once again, here's this, this looking at this from a completely different, like not talking about weight at all, looking at this from a completely different standpoint and saying like, why is it that that the the individual has to make the change and that the society around can't and like you know of course as we've talked there's you know there there is something that is a little bit different or that can be a little bit different when we're talking about weight because depending on the weight that you carry it could be that there there is an impact on your health and in many cases there is mm-hmm. and so th- there's an added element there right which is something that we've discussed and and part of the reason why this is such a, a, a an interesting topic i think right um but i just thought that was so so interesting like it's it's and we've talked about this on the on the podcast before about the fact that once you hear something or see something, then you mm-hmm. start to hear it, see it in everything, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. So, so it just feels like another one of those things. But mm. here's the big thing that I wanted to chat with you about today. And it comes on the coattails of last week's topic at our WW workshop. And so the topic last week was looking at the way that we speak to ourselves and the the way that we support ourselves with how we think about ourselves and that often the way that we speak to ourselves and think about ourselves is not at all supportive because we tend to be very critical and what we really need to do is find a way to be more compassionate when we're you know, when, when we're engaged in self-dialogue, right? When we're engaged in the way we think about ourselves, when the way we think about our bodies, the way we talk to ourselves when things don't go the way that we wanted them to or whatever that might be. And it was a topic that brought about a lot of discussion during the workshop, which was really great to hear from so many different people and to hear so many different people's take on this idea of of self-compassion and how we can be both 
kind to ourselves, but also supportive of ourselves, because I think there's a line between, you know, saying to ourselves, it's okay. And then also saying to ourselves, it's okay, but what are you going to do differently the next time? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's interesting. Now, after the workshop ended, there were a handful of members who, who stayed to chat a little bit, and we got into a conversation about, uh, just about, and it was really closely tied to the things that we've been talking about, because the conversation was about, can, like, how can I be a member with WW? who is here because I want to change something about my body. I want to remove weight from my body. I want to change the way that my body looks and the way that my body feels. But then also like be compassionate with myself and love myself and and like how can I be both of those things? And and someone had said, you know, that that they came to a a moment many years ago where they realized that they were okay with their body and that they loved their body the way it was and and that even though now they were choosing to to remove weight it wasn't because they hated them they hated themselves it was because of whatever other reason whether it was a health reason or or whatever it might be and so then another member said well I don't like I feel so uncomfortable with the idea that I know I will be happier if I've removed some weight. I know that I will feel better. Right now I feel uncomfortable in my clothing. I know that if I remove weight, I won't feel uncomfortable in my clothing. I know that when I weigh less, I feel better and I'm happier with myself, with my body, with how it feels, with how it looks. And and sh- and, and and she's like, and so how do like does that mean that I hate myself? Like like where is that? And 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 so, and I said to her, and I didn't even think about it, like it just came out of my mind or out of my mouth because this moment she said that, I said to her, I don't think that wanting to lose weight means you inherently hate your body. I think in fact that maybe you want to remove weight because you really love yourself and you know that if you take those extra pounds off you'll feel better and that that's what you're looking for so I don't think that loving yourself and losing weight are opposites on a scale like Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't until it came out of my mouth that I was like oh I think that's the answer to all this conversation we've been having yes you know, that, that these two things aren't opposite. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah, you're right. Because often it's like you do, you feel like, well, if I, if it's not supposed to be about the scale and a number, but I know that when I lose weight, I'm happier then it kind of is. Yeah. About that. Yeah. But it's, but, but it's, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be that. Yeah. Hmm. I, I just, I, yeah, I, I you're just so smart. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know. Is it's it, but truly, like, I just, I just think it's so interesting that we have had similar conversations to this the last few weeks on the podcast. Like, it keeps coming mm-hmm. up, and and I apologize to our listeners if you're bored of hearing us talk about it, but. But it, it keeps coming up and and I and I've really been wrestling with it. And I know that you also have sort of been like, okay, okay, but like how do we do th- okay? And then when it came up on Saturday, and then like it was just the way that it was the way that it was worded to me as like this is something that I'm struggling mm-hmm. with. What do I do with that? I was like, Well, I know what you do with that. They're they're not the same thing. They're not the opposite yeah. thing. Like you can do both. You can love yourself and also want yes. to lose weight. Yeah. And you can love yourself and not want to lose weight. And, well, but, and I was yeah. like, oh, and there is the answer. I mean, yeah. you know, not that there has to be a, you know, a black and white, hard and fast answer, but. Hmm. No, but you're right, because often we, we look at it the other way, right? Mm-hmm. That um, I will love myself when I lose weight. Yeah. Instead of, I, and I love myself, but I still want to be, you know, better than I am now there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that yeah or I love myself and this is how I'm going to stay like correct which is a fully reasonable thing to to feel and experience and live if that's if that's where you're at and I but I think what I think what you're saying Sandy is absolutely right that often we look at it and say if you're if you're making a change so that yes you love yourself that's problematic because you're never going to get there right yes right it, i yeah. i also think it's problematic if we look at other people and we say this person is to to my view this yeah. person doesn't seem to be trying to make a change therefore they must not love themselves that yeah. also is wrong yeah right yeah it's sometimes like it really is that's why we need to one share things and say them out loud to other people because mm-hmm. sometimes when we do that that somebody else receives that information or that message in a way that just like what happened with you it it was just the combination of words put together in a specific way that reached you that automatically you didn't even have to think about it it was just well that makes sense Mm -hmm. sometimes it's about removing one small word from to change the whole meaning behind it or the thought process. Yeah. I com- self-compassion is, it's, it is something that you don't just have and you, you never, you never just get, you never get it. And mm-hmm. then that's it. Mm-hmm. It's always evolving and changing. And I, I've been thinking a lot about this because it's like why one I honestly find that there's a lot of buzzwords around things and one of them is well you wouldn't speak to your friend like that mm. and it's overused there's a lot of a I lot agree. of those things that are overused and you know when when it was something new it made like it, you know but, but then it needs yeah. I agree but I but <laughs> it I know feels but tired. I, it feels yes, tired it's tired yeah, yeah. 
and it doesn't tell me anything because mm-hmm. I already know it. Like it's already something anyway. But what I do think the difference is why do we, why is it easy for us to be so difficult on ourselves and it's, and, and why we would not react to someone else with the same situation or them expressing the same thing. Why, why is it not, why do we not have the same reaction to it? And I think it's because one, it's the level of frustration that we have. And when it's something that is, you have a hundred percent control over your level of frustration with yourself Mm. is something that I think then forces, reinforces those things. And that the frustration is why do I keep doing this? I'm so stupid you know what's going to happen. Why did you expect a different result from that? But if someone else was saying it, you would never say that to them because you haven't got to that level of frustration with them. Yeah. Unless it's someone who continually, and we have those people too, is that continually tell you the same thing. And even you've tried the route of giving them exam, like maybe you could try this, maybe you could try that. This is what I did, or this is what maybe, and then, they never try anything different. So they continue to want a different result, but never want to do anything differently about it. So mm-hmm. those, those people I get very frustrated with. Yes. But I also bite my tongue and wouldn't necessarily verbalize that to them. Mm. I would just be catty and talk about them behind their back. <laughs> Correct. Full disclosure. <laughs> You know, like, I'd be like, what the hell? Why don't they just like do something? Like go to the next thing. It's like having a boss that, you know, they're like nitpicky on something that you're like, seriously, but you just like get it done so they can move on to the next thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But (laughs) the whole self-compassion thing, I mean, it's, it is something you have to continually practice. And I mean, you know, you, you know that there's something that's happening in my life right now that's really upsetting yeah. to me. And it takes a lot of effort for me not to run down that rabbit hole of mm. m- trying to assume what, what the reasons are behind something and to automatically accept or believe that it has 100% to do with something that I have or have yeah. not done. Yeah. But you, it, it just, it takes practice where you have to be like, and honestly, the, one of the greatest things that I will have took away from, you know, and it was Dr. Foster was about reality checking things, which also is something that can get very old. But I think that you do, it's like, what are the facts behind that? Like, what Mm -hmm. do you actually know? And sometimes when you can either think that through or even better to write it down to, to mm-hmm. see what is true, what isn't. It doesn't take everything away, but sometimes it gives you a little bit of peace to calm yourself down in that moment mm-hmm. until the next time it happens. And then you have to, it's easier to reach for those things to go through. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with weight loss. It's that you're going to gain weight, you're going to lose weight, you know, moving as you do through the thing, like, you know, Asking a bunch of strangers, like, I'm, it's my son's birthday, and should I eat cake or shouldn't I? Why is it up to a bunch of strangers? You need to do what you think is the best thing for you to do, yeah. you know? Yeah. And and also recognizing sometimes it's like moving past the actual act of just eating the cake. And also the people that are around you that are also 
that you're influencing by Mm -hmm. what you do or don't do, how you, the relationship that you have that can not even knowingly be placed on other people around you Mm -hmm. in good and bad ways. Sometimes we, we make really good choices and that sometimes it's just making those choices is better, a better example than to try to tell people. You know, well, I'm taking this and I'm doing this and you should do that and whatever. And just letting them see the changes you're making, see how it changes how you are, and then also wanting to be a part of that, Yeah. you know? But- well, that's a great example of like the idea of action speaking louder than words, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what you do has so much more of an, <laughs> I mean... I don't want to discredit that the things that you say aren't impactful because I think the things that you say and the things that you hear people say can be incredibly impactful. But when, certainly when you're trying to set an example for something, doing something is very different from saying, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can say to, I can say to my students, okay, we're, you know, you need to spend the first 20 minutes of the day reading, or I can just pull my book out and start reading. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they have very, they have two very different responses and the second one is always going to work better. For sure. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why the people come to us, Sandy, because they get the shallowest of the shallow, and then every once in a while, they get to take a deep dive. (laughs) And they have to keep coming back every week because you just never know. It's like... never know what you're going to get. It's always like a little bit of a surprise party. Yeah. It's like a bag of bits and bites. Just pull it, put your hand in, it's a whole different handful. You don't know. You're going to get a bunch. I've asked this before, but what's your favorite piece in a bits and bites oh you know what i'm gonna say it's the it's the spicy shreddy the spicy shreddy is my second favorite my favorite are like the little no they're not oh yes well they're like they're like a a cheerio not the cheerios no not the cheerios they almost look like little tiny hot dog buns no are you kidding me no, yeah. those are those are my least favorite. That's my favorite piece. Those are like no. those are like goldfish, only they're shaped like a hot dog bun. The Cheerios are my least favorite. Okay. No, I like the shreddies when there's a whole like when there's a whole bunch of stuff that's globbed on top oh, yeah, of it. I like that too. So it's like super, super spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. And we digress. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. Shallowest of the shallow. <laughs> Okay, but I do have one more thing to talk about that is not super shallow. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and this is actually, this Sandy, this was your recommendation to me, was to listen to a brand new podcast that Megan Telpner has just put out. So she has the Today is Your Day podcast with her husband, Josh Catalis, but she also has a brand new podcast that she just started putting out that is just herself. And they're just short, like 15 minute little blurbs. Not all of them. Oh, some of them are long. Yeah. Okay. Some of them, I stand corrected. Some are long, some are short. And the podcast is called on my mind. Yeah. And so it's just her talking about things that are 
on her mind. She's thinking about it on her mind, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the one episode that you particularly recommended to me was this episode where she was talking about this idea of the barrel effect. Mm -hmm. And so this episode was a short little 15-minute episode, which was really delightful. And she's talking about this idea of what it feels like when we feel overwhelmed with things Mm -hmm. and how that constant feeling of overwhelm really impacts our health. Yes. And so anyone who has lived through a period of time where you were experiencing stress over a period of time, and I would argue that that could be every single person who is listening to us right now, uh, you know, has probably experienced this exact thing where, where you feel like, like if you are the barrel and every little like thing that you have to deal with priority, you have to manage task, you have to get done, um, you know, emotional baggage that you have to deal with either for yourself or for someone else, or like all those little things just get piled into you, piled into you, piled into you. And at a certain point, you know, if one more drop of water goes into that barrel, it is going to overflow. And and that that's what it feels like. I just thought that was such a beautiful and vivid and accurate way to describe what it feels like when you feel like you are just barely coping, mm-hmm. you know? And, but then, but then she goes one step further to talk about not only this idea, but also how uh, negatively living in that state can really impact your health in a whole bunch of different ways. And that, and that often when we are experiencing weird things with our health, that we don't necessarily think of that being a potential cause when it often is. Yeah. And so I just thought that was really. Yeah. It was, I, I liked it because it was, it was a, like you said, it was short. It's nothing, there was nothing new in it that I, none of us, like anyone who's been through with it, you know, in a WW meeting or done any type of health reading on health, has or stress has has heard before but I like that it was a nice concise reminder you know yeah. because sometimes I do think that every time you have a reminder with something that you pick something else up right for because, sure sure and and I, what I really love about almost everything that um, Megan and Josh do is they're always looking at every they look at every single aspect of anyone's life and, and how it affects your overall health. Mm-hmm. But the, it's not about buying things. It's often about how can you make small changes? How can you eliminate this? Like, what are the things that you should be looking at first? I mean, there's this, you know, simple, simple things that you can do to improve your life that costs nothing. Mm-hmm. 
in do you want to know do you want to know what she put on her list of things to do to make space in your barrel so if you're feeling this overwhelmed like Please. these are the things you're supposed to do are you ready uh, uh -huh. so number one sleep <laughs> yes yes one is da -da -da. Let, let your brain rest and then in brackets it says if you're reading this and it's after 9 p.m. or before <laughs> 9 a.m., consider yourself ready for change. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so let your brain rest means sleep. Yeah. Um, then it also says let your body rest. And then in brackets it says get to sleep. So actually, number one and number two mean sleep. Yeah. Then she also says, cook from scratch with fresh ingredients. Mm -hmm. Take time to breathe. Mm -hmm. Get outside and breathe fresh air. Mm -hmm. Stop doing what you know is going to create a stress reaction in your body. Ugh. That's, that is, that of, of everything that you've said, that is the most difficult to do and to recognize to put the two together but it's not impossible nothing's impossible yes but that's the hardest one yeah and then the last one she has is avoid any food that you know you're reactive to yeah so if you know that eating a particular thing doesn't make you feel so great mm -hmm. you don't eat it yeah. But absolutely, like there are some things that it's like, okay, avoid the things that I know are going to stress me out. There are some things that I'm like, okay, you know, something that really stresses me out is watching the news. And so I don't do it. And so I rely on important people in my life to let me know when things are happening. Because, but that's difficult. To, you're right, though. But that sometimes, so otherwise you wouldn't know what the hell's happening. Okay, because that's the thing, because I like to be in the know, but I don't need to watch, like, I don't need, I don't need to watch certain members of parliament on the television spewing the same kind yes. of conversation over, like, yes. I don't, it stresses me out so much and it makes me so angry that what I really need is for someone to just let me know when it's over, what's the final uh, result. Okay, great. Yeah. I can move forward from this, you know? And yeah. so I'm very selective about what news I watch and when, if at all. And, but not to be that, like, not to say that I'm, you know, putting my head in the sand about things yeah. that are going on in the world because I don't like that either but I do know that there are certain things I'm just going to be so agitated and so why do it yeah and I think that what's important is that if you know that you can have those types of reactions because sometimes you don't know what the news is you don't know necessarily what it's going to be For sure. For sure. but but it may not be the thing like why is the news on at night before people are going to bed like I, I'm just asking that right now like yeah. it just it's the wrong time to be getting information. I mean, there. I'm sure there is a there is a reason, like why that was the time that you know it's eleven o'clock. Do you know where your children are? Yeah, yeah. You know. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, but but that. then so then that wouldn't be the time that you. Well, first of all, if you just if you've you know listening to Megan, it's. 11 o'clock it's the you're you're two hours <laughs> you're two hours behind bedtime here <laughs> going to bed yeah and yeah and if you're watching it and you're in bed 
there's the one thing you can do is remove the TV from your bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's one thing that, that I think is um, for a lot of people, they don't even realize that that's the thing that gets them super stressed is is the news but feeling like i need to know what's going on because you need to be informed but you do need to make sure that this news source that you're watching is one that is as truthful as you can find yeah. <laughs> and factual because well, i think another thing that can cause people a lot of stress and and this is something that that i have to be careful with too is that you know there are certain people who I know I I don't have the same opinion as you. And yeah. so I know that the things that you, not you, Sandy, but certain people, like I know that the things that they post on Facebook, for example, are going to be things that agitate me because yeah. I don't agree. And so I like either mute those people so that I don't see yep. what they're posting or, you know, unfollow them or whatever, or, or don't read if they've commented on something, like mm-hmm. I don't want to read their comment or whatever, you know, because I know that whatever that is going to be is going to irritate me. And so yeah. why, why invite that kind of irritation into my life? Right. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And it, that is something that I have got much, much better at within the last couple of years is that I might follow someone, something, and it's at the, when I start to follow it, it's fine. But then as time goes on, either situations changed, my thoughts on something have changed, their content has changed. And then I will, you know, period, like go through and just be like, unfollow, unfollow unfollow because even you can say well just let it scroll by I don't even need it to scroll by no I don't need to see it yeah I I don't I'm not interested anymore Mm -hmm. and and so and there's been there's been people that I've done that to but then I can always rely on Henny to send me something that's totally ridiculous that that person has said or done you know (laughs) just to remind me about how absolutely ridiculous that is and that has happened on more than one occasion I, I can't help myself. There are, there, are, there are a couple of handles on Instagram that that Sandy no longer follows because Ugh. they annoy her so much, but I still follow them. I can't just, even tell you why. Just, I, think just for the, I think just for the humor of it, because often it's just so ridiculous that I can't even handle it. And so whenever there's something particularly ridiculous, I have to send it to you, Sandy. I, I know you find it ridiculous. I find it vile. Like I find it distasteful <laughs> often. It's, it's, it's makes, it makes me feel bad for their family. That's yeah. what it makes me feel bad for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it makes me, it makes me as a, it, it, it actually, sometimes I find it so distasteful that as a woman, mm-hmm. it really bothers me because, you know, yeah. women yeah. are working so hard to, yeah. and it's, it, I, I mean, I, I like humor. Like, I, I mean, I find some things really funny. For sure. You know, that other people might not, but. It's not like I'm a stick in the mud or anything, but sometimes so, but it's did you find Did you find yeah. the two <laughs> pictures of the cats? The one 
with this a cat who's laying down or no there's one cat that's that's like walking through the like through a lawn and it says him a walking and then <laughs> there's another cat laying on the ground that says himalayan <laughs> i think that is one of the funniest things <sighs> i have ever seen and i keep i keep the photo of it on my phone just like every once in a while i'm scrolling through my camera roll and it makes me oh, laugh every gosh time him a walking and him a laying also just to share with everyone that henny is one of those people that every day will go through her camera roll just like she's on top of that there are she doesn't have room in her camera roll for stuff that's not important oh no delete i delete everything and i am so bad for that i have stuff that's like yeah I'm, I'm getting better. I do go back okay. and then I'll be like, do a mass delete or something. Oh, like, yeah, no, no, no. You know. I delete. I, as soon as I use it, delete. Send that to I, someone, delete. Yeah. Like, like him a walk like and him a lay in, I keep yeah. that one. <laughs> that, and not, that, that to me, I find that, that kind of ridiculous, but, you know, <laughs> whatevs. Oh. Whatevs, whatever floats your boat. And sometimes I send you things so that I find, I sent you something the other day. I just, it just, to me, I found it amusing. It was just like, <laughs> You do send me things. I do. Once in a while. Okay, so I want to know from our listeners what maybe the like their funny like the meme or the quote on social media or like something that that you have seen or passed on to other people or whatever that that every time you see it it makes you laugh. I want to I want to know what is the thing that is so funny. And I should post him a walk in Himalayan because. <laughs> It makes me laugh so hard. And it's so ridiculous, just these two cats. <sighs> but, no. I See, I'm looking at one I've sent you, which is the one with the panda bears when it's your first time at the gym and you're not sure how the equipment works. <laughs> that is also very funny. <laughs> we should share that one on Instagram. So, so we'll share a couple of our funny ones. Yes. We want you to share a couple of your funny ones with us, too. Please, please we, do. We like a good laugh. We do. Yeah. All right, Sandy. <laughs> All right, we've come to the end. Okay. We've come to the end again. <laughs> well, as, as always, as always a delight yes. to chat with you. Always a delight. I always feel better after I talk to you. So uh, I'm so glad to hear that. I feel the so, same way. It's only once a week, so I have to like really enjoy it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> She says, like, it's only once a week. Like, she never talks. It's like, for the next seven days, we won't even talk. You'll, right. you'll text me in five minutes. What are you about? <laughs> I've already got it written. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we hope you have a, a joyous week. And, um, yeah, that's about it. We'll be back with you next for week. one, two. Or one, one, two. <laughs> All right, see ya. Bye.